And welcome, welcome, welcome. It is uh, about six minutes after four o'clock. Welcome to the show. Yeah, the phone lines are open. She's right. The voice lady's right. 604-280-9898. A live show, a call-in show. You make it that much better. So feel free to grab a phone and uh, ask a question about your employment rights. It's a really important topic, even pre-COVID. It always was, but even more now. So feel free to call us again, 604 280 9898 lines open ready to go you prefer to send an email along that's no problem help at employmentlawyer.ca and even now when we're not here during the week you can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca that is a website that is absolutely free and anonymous you just punch it in you search it tons of information there there is a contact button on uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca at the top right if not don't use it shut down your browser walk away nobody knows you were there but that knowledge is there for you anytime you like on your smartphone or your tablet or your desktop, either way, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Today, rules of thumb that every employee must know. Tune in for the whole show as we get to these. This is vital stuff, of course. But uh, before we get to that, the week that was, pal, how you doing? Hey, John, I am doing well. Always uh, excited to be uh, here on CKNW Mm -hmm. to talk about employment law and hopefully help as many people as possible. It's, uh, you know, the nice thing about uh, employment law as opposed to, you know, stuff like real estate or, uh, uh, you know, other things is that I actually get to solve problems. So, and workplace problems when they happen are a big deal. You know, we spend so much of our time at work. So when something goes wrong, it can impact us in a significant way, even beyond work. So if you find yourself in an issue with your workplace, uh, maybe your compensa- uh, compensation has changed. Maybe you're not being treated properly. You've got a bad review. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you're on a layoff and you want to know when you're coming back or what your rights are. Any of these issues and more, take advantage. We're here right now. Call us with those questions. I'll answer. I'll tell you what you need to know. So don't be bashful. Uh, I want to help as many people as possible. And, of course, if you want to just connect with me and have a private chat, just us, without uh, without it being on, on the air, not a problem. We'll give you the contact information throughout the show. I'm available, not going anywhere, uh, and happy to chat. But to again, I get going and revved up today, week that was, couple situations that came across my desk uh, very recently where I know that there's some important lessons. Now, I've been, you know, sitting here on radio for years talking about severance packages and, uh, you know, why it's so important to get advice before you sign off on one. Well, I have a, a, an amazing example just from this past week from someone, uh, that contacted me and I really, like, this was really one of the worst offers I've ever seen in my 18 years of practicing law. So this, uh, this lady that I spoke with, he, she had worked for her employer for over 20 years. Now she had a salary of about $40,000. But with bonuses and commissions, she earned close to $100,000. She was let go. A company said it's because of COVID. Fine. And they offered her 10 weeks pay based on her base salary of $40,000. So the total that they offered her is $6,100. And they said, well, you got to sign this by Friday so that we can pay your $6,100. She called me and she wanted to know, uh, Lior, well, is 10 weeks enough? And is should it be calculated on my $40,000? Well, John, you know this. I, that's why you were scoffing there in the background is that no, of course she's not owed just 10 weeks. In fact, she was owed right around 24 months based on her total compensation of $100,000. So that comes to about $200,000. So, John, the difference, nice delta. The, the delta, yes, exactly, for her is about $194,000. Now, this is, it sounds like a crazy situation, and, and it is. It's not every situation that's $194,000 difference. 
Oftentimes, it may be thirty or forty or fifty thousand dollar difference. It's still significant. That's why it's so so important to get that advice before you signed off. Can you imagine, John, if she had signed off on that and gave up on a hundred and ninety four thousand dollars that she is legally owed? Not that I think she should get. It's not about me. It's about what she's owed. And of course, the reminder there, John, is that. Your, your severance has to be based on your total compensation, not just your base salary. It has to include your commissions, your bonuses, your benefits, your stock options, your car allowance, etc. All components of compensation. And John, I'm, I'm, it's going to be my pleasure to get this lady her extra $194,000. 194 that's like four salaries for the average person, never mind a severance offer. If that was me and I found out later, I'd be like on suicide watch for six months. That would be insane. Thank gosh he got a hold of you. That's that's a crazy number. That's a bizarre it, number. It is, and it happens so often, more often than I even care to think, that people wow. give up on tens of thousands of dollars because they don't know any better. But, hey, if you're listening to us right now, you know better, so it's not going to happen to you. By the way, reaching out at 604-283-3123, but here and now, uh, you know, 604-280-9898. Just getting some calls lined up and, and organized. Uh, what else you got going on? Spoke with another uh, lady right at the uh, at the end of the week, and she had uh, been working for a, a retail store for, for some five or six years. Now, recently, the company announced that they're closing that store, but that they wanted to move her to another retail store about a, an hour, an hour and a 15 minutes away from, from the first one. And they said, okay, well, we're going to move you there effective, uh, whatever it is next week. And she said, well, no, I don't want to go there. I, I, it, it, I don't want to be spending so much time commuting. You know, this store is five minutes from my house. So they said, okay, well, I guess you've resigned then. Uh, they issued her a record of employment saying she resigned. So, of course, she called me and she wanted to know, is this a resignation? Did I do something wrong? What are my rights? Well, here's how this works, of course. She did not have any obligation to accept such a move. You know, anytime you're more than an hour away, when you're being relocated more than an hour away, that's a significant change. You don't have to accept such a change. And and because she did not have to accept this change, what they've done, in fact, is they've terminated her employment. It's not a resignation. It's a termination because she did not have to accept. So she's owed severance in excess of six months pay. And I wanted to remind everyone, especially now during COVID, is that if you are relocated, you know, depending on the distance, depending on how far you're relocated, that could absolutely be a constructive dismissal. You don't necessarily have to accept it. And if you don't, that's not a resignation. If, the, if you're out of a job as a result of it, that is a termination, and the company has to pay you severance. That it's important to remember, John, it happens very, very often. 604-280-9898, the number to call in here. It's uh, 413, just getting started on the show, a live call-in show, of course. Help at Employment Lawyer. .ca is the other way to reach out uh, through email. Rules of thumb that every employee must know. I don't know how you got this list whittled down as far as you could because <laughs> we could do five shows just on these points, right? Yeah, the, I, I tried to, uh, to yeah, focus on the most important things. These are some things you need to know, things you need to be aware of, things you need to not do or do. So these are rules that if you follow, you will preserve your employment rights. You won't be giving them up and you'll always be a, in a good, good position to pursue what is legally yours well let's get to number one and you've mentioned this before the law is your friend that is a very important thing to remember because in canada by the way and that's not true necessarily for other countries but in canada employment law is actually quite robust it's actually quite extensive it gives you significant 
protections. So the law is your friend. The law can protect you. But a lot of people assume that there isn't anything they can do about it. They assume that when something happens, well, I guess guess that's just the way it is, or I guess my employer can just do that and I don't have rights. No. In almost every situation, you do have rights because, as I said, the law, employment law, is designed to protect employees. That's just the way it is. So that's why it's important when you have a workplace problem to inform yourself on the law, to understand what your rights are, not to make any assumptions, okay? Because the law is your friend. The the law is there to help you. And if you're ever in a workplace problem or dispute, I'd be more than happy to tell you what the law is, how it can help you, and what you can do to resolve your problem. We got lots more of these to go, but I want to take a little break, give you some time to pick up a phone and get to get your bearings. 604-280-9898. 604-280-9898. That's the number to call in over the remainder of the hour to talk to Lior. Here on the air, you want to go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That's a website you should keep on you at all times. And uh, we'll get to some emails a little later on in the afternoon. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. This is the Employment Law Show. It's right here, CKNW. And hey, welcome back. It is 417. Yeah, 604-280-9898. Phone lines open and available for you to call in if you have questions about anything we talk about on the show or your employment rights in general, uh, be it about COVID-19, going back to work, temporary layoffs, changes to your workplace, anything. Bring them on. That's why we're here. Get the information. It's quick. It's free. And trust me, you don't want to be in the dark when it comes to your employment. 604 280 9898 is the number. Back to the the topic of the day, the rules of thumb that every employee must know. Number two, if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. That's in life. (laughs) It it is in life, but it's it's definitely definitely an employment law. law. So this is an important rule. This is something you have to understand that if your employer does something or says something uh, and you want to rely on that, you need something in writing. And your employer is not always going to give it to you in writing. It would be nice if they did. So it's up to you to keep a record of it. It's up to you to write it down or to send someone an email confirming what happened. We're talking if you're dealing with a workplace harassment issue, for example. Uh, if you, you had an important meeting and you wish, gosh, I wish there was a record of this, then create that record. Write it down or send an email. If we're talking about a situation where your employer you know, gave you an unfair warning or if your employer told you something that's going to happen in the future, we're going to change your job, we change your compensation, it has to be in writing. Remember, if your employer does something wrong, they're not going to then later on after the fact put up their hands, you know, uh, you know, look, look sheepishly at the floor and say, yeah, sorry, we did it. It's just not going to happen. So you have to create that record. You have to make sure there is something in writing. And if you do that, you're protected. So anytime you, you wish there was something in writing, create it. It protects you. It allows you to enforce your rights. It allows you to avoid a he said, she said. It's one of my top rules of thumb. Another one in the uh, rules of thumb that every employee must know, there is no such thing as job security. Everybody talks about it. It, it really isn't. And I'm talking from a legal standpoint. There really isn't some, such a thing as job security. And what I mean by that is your employer is allowed to let you go. Your employer is allowed to say, that's it, today is your last day. The most common situation, the common question I get every day, multiple times a day, seven days a week, is, Lior, my employer let me go. Is that right? Is that fair? Is that legal? And, and the answer to, to that is always, yes, it is legal. Your employer can let you go. But where it becomes illegal, where it becomes a wrongful dismissal, is when we're talking about severance. 
because most people, when they are let go, they're not given anywhere near the severance that they're owed. And that is wrong. That is illegal. That's something that the employer has to do. So you may have done nothing wrong, but you can be let go. So that is a rule of thumb that you always have to understand that you doing a good job does not necessarily mean you have a job. That's why you have to protect yourself, that you don't compromise your rights because you can be let go. You can have your job ended if you do, though. Chances are you still have been wrongfully dismissed because the vast majority of people, over 90%, when they are let go, are offered a lot less than what they're owed. And if you've been let go, call me. Give, send me an email or simply go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to find out exactly what you should have gotten. I'll throw you that email address once again, uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll get to some a little later on in the show here, but uh, we're live and ready for uh, for open lines and open calls. 604-280-9898. Rules of thumb every employee must know. Here's another one. Write it down if you have to. You have to assume that your severance offer is inadequate. you got to assume that. That is a, an important rule of thumb. It really is such an important rule of thumb is that if you've been let go, today's your last day, your employer says, sorry, uh, we have to let you go, they hand you paperwork, before you even read it, before you even uh, you know, get your calculator out and figure out what they've offered, you have to assume that it's inadequate. And that is because, as I said previously, the vast majority of severance offers are. The vast majority. I'm not talking about, well, you know, they should have offered you 30000 but they have offered you 27.5. No, that's still not good, but that's not what I'm talking about. In most cases, the severance offers are significantly less. Instead of 30000 they offered you 10 or 5 or 2. So that's why it's important to understand that you have to make that assumption. You have to then immediately go in to, I have to protect myself mode. I have to look after myself because that, that severance is what's intended to, to carry you until you find another job, especially right now during COVID-19. It may be harder to find another job, right? There may not be as many employers hiring. There may be more people looking for work. So it may take you longer to find that job. So that severance is even more important than ever because maybe it won't take you a few weeks to find another job. Maybe it'll take you a few months. So if you accept two months when you should have gotten six, well, wait a second. How are you going to live the other four months? So that's why you have to make that assumption. Before you even look at that severance offer, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Call me. Email me. Call someone else if you don't want to talk to me. But make that assumption. Make that call and protect your rights. You know, and it's it, this one's so important because how many people have a neighbor say, no, no, I went through this, man. Trust me, it's two weeks per year. If you got any more of that, you, you were lucky. You're good. Take the offer. That happens every day. So they, they've got to listen to this program and know that stuff, right? It really is the, exactly as you said. Everyone knows someone that lost their job or everyone has a, an uncle or an aunt or a brother who they think may know something about it and they'll, they'll say, you oh, know, this is the rule. It's not, okay? The law is not that simple that your cousin can just tell you, you know, what it is. That's why I created pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to give you what the law is, to actually give you what the law says you should be getting, what the law says about your rights, not what your cousin thinks it should be. So don't go to Google University. Don't go to your cousin. Uh, get get advice just like you would if you were sick and you were, need to speak to a doctor. You wouldn't call your cousin and say, hey, cousin, what do you think? You'd call a doctor. You'd, you'd get proper medical advice. Same thing when you lose your job. Your job is important. Your employment rights are important. So do the right thing if you ever have any issues. Call us here on the show, 604-280-9898 is the way to do that. 
If you want to send along an email to Lior, it's help at employmentlawyer.ca. Going down the list of rules, uh, rules of thumb that every employee must know. If you think you're about to lose your job, well, you're probably right. <laughs> if you're if you're a spidey senses tingling, then <laughs> that's right. Uh, then that probably means you're right. You know, if there's smoke, probably there's going to be fire. Uh, in my experience, now having done this for 18 years, I often get emails from someone saying, "There, I think they're getting ready to let me go." Usually, that's followed by another email a week or two later saying, "Yeah, they did let me go." Uh, and and that's because you you will notice the signs. Okay, you will see that. Uh, maybe they don't talk to you the same way, or maybe they're not excluding you from meetings. Uh, maybe they're not talking to you about long-term plans or what's going to happen, you know, in the next fiscal. It, those are all signs that you're probably going to be let go. And remember, unfortunately, that's that's okay in, in, from a legal standpoint. They could do that. It's a question of compensation, of question of severance. But why am I bringing this up? If your spidey sense is tingling and you think that they're going to let you go, let's start preparing for that. Make sure we have copies of any documents that we need, employment agreements, policies. Let's make sure that if there's anything to do with performance, that we have copies of the performance reviews, any emails about performance. So we have that so that when the time comes, and if they do let you go, we're ready to deal with it. We're ready to get you what you're owed. We're not taking by surprise and trying to scramble. So yes, if you think you're going to be let go, chances are you're right. That's a rule you should follow. But that means now is the time to do your homework. And if you ever need to talk about it, what do you do? How do you deal with it? Hey, I'm here to talk. Give me a call. It's a good point. Reaching out to Lior, 604-283-3123, or the member of his team. And you can always drop an email to us, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And again, the website with so much information, it's like having a lawyer with you at all times, right on your phone, pocket, employmentlawyer.ca. More of these talking points are on the way. Want to move over to the phones, always our top priority. Tony, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, standing by. Good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, quick question for you guys. Um, sure. If you have been collecting CERB for the last six months and you're still not going back to work, and now you go back and try to negotiate a settlement with your employer, does that CERB have to be repaid back then to the government? Because you're going to be receiving income technically for the time that you have been on CERB. So how do you uh, deal with that situation? That's a great question, Tony, one I've been asked often. So the government has has said, and they've put that on on their website, is that CERB doesn't impact severance and vice versa. So because of that, no, there would not be an obligation to repay the CERB. Now, what the logic behind that is, I don't know. That's you know over my pay grade. But the government has said that no, they they don't have to. Uh, that it won't impact it. So you wouldn't have to repay uh, CERB. Keep in mind, of course, the key here though, it's not the CERB. The key is to make sure that you get what you're owed from your employer. So if you're going to be out of a job, Tony, if you're going to negotiate parting of the ways, make sure that you don't sign off on something that's not adequate. Always happy to talk to you about what you actually are owed. So now would would that also work into the negotiation? Because as an employer, I think they have the right to uh, offset their losses or their 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 um, compensation to you if you were on EI, for example, or, or having found another job. Would that probably fall into that same thing? I mean, I guess it's all up for negotiation, but would that be a factor in that as well? No. The, finding another job does impact your entitlements. EI doesn't. Like with EI, you may have to repay some money to EI, but that doesn't change right. what the company has to pay you. They may still have to pay you this. They will have to pay you the same amount. You may have to give some of that to EI, but that doesn't mean that the company gets to pay you less. How long have you worked for a company, Tony? 
Uh, about eight years. So depending so, on your age or position, you're probably going to be anywhere from six to nine months pay, potentially even more than that. So keep that in mind. Total compensation, anything less than that would not be appropriate, Tony, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Wonderful. Thank you for your help, gentlemen. Appreciate the show. Uh, Tony, thank you for uh, your time this afternoon. Be well and enjoy the uh, the rest of your weekend. You do want to reach out to Lior. I uh, know how to do it now. 604-283-3123. 604-283-3123. Tony, email address. You can use that as well. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Just going to get another call lined up here shortly. Let's take a, a short break and get right back into it. And we'll continue with the phone calls and our topic for the day, rules of thumb that every employee must know. Important ones are coming up, and then we'll bounce over to your emails uh, as well. Employment Law Show, this is CKNW. And we're back, and welcome back to the show. Yeah, this is it. Employment Law Show is still time for you to call in here at 433. Uh, rules of thumb that every employee must know is where we're going to go for the rest of our uh, our topic today. Then over to emails. The number, though, 604-280-9898, help at employmentlawyer.ca. This one is one of my favorites of the rules of thumb that every employee must know. One day it's going to be on a uh, ST Law coffee mug, T-shirt, bumper sticker, floor mat, <laughs> whatever fridge magnet that is you don't mess with mama no kidding <laughs> yes we're, we're, we're gonna create those uh those yeah. t-shirts hand them out to everyone so that everyone remembers them uh you don't mess with mama although you know in fairness we should say we you don't met, mess with mama or papa mm-hmm. uh just to be to be fair here and what i mean by that you know in all seriousness is that th- there are certain things that are sacred if you know what i mean when it comes to employment law and one of those is a parental leave okay a parental leave is sacred and and what i mean it's sacred is you can't do anything if you're the employer to an employee taking a parental leave whether it's a mother or a father you cannot punish them you cannot threaten them you cannot let them go of course change their job uh you cannot come up with an excuse to let them go knowing that they're going to take a parental leave you can't do that if they're taking three parental leaves in the last five years Whatever it is, whatever uh, type of situation, it's not something an employer is allowed to do. There's very few things in employment law that, prote- that that get as much protection as a parental leave. So because of that, remember, if you need to take a parental leave, uh, even if it's now during COVID and, and, and the employer has to find a way to deal without you being there, well, it is what it is. You're allowed to do that. And if you ever think that your employer uh, try to get rid of you because because you, you were going to take a leave, or if your employer is now saying, no, no, I don't have a job for you when you're ready to come back, in most of these cases, that would be a breach of the Employment Standards Act. It would be a breach of human rights laws. It would be a breach of other things as well. So it's illegal. It's wrong. So as a rule, a general rule, rule of thumb, is yes, you're protected. You don't mess with mama, you don't mess with papa. If you are taking a leave, if you're pregnant and taking a leave, if you're a father or mother taking a leave uh, after your child is born, you're protected and your employer cannot and should not do anything in that situation. What if any, I've asked you this question before, but maybe not for uh, for this audience, and that is what if, if you've got an employee who's off on a paternity leave or maternity leave, and during that uh, that time that they're off up to a year, I guess, um, whoever you get to fill in their position, because you still have to run a business, you really like this person, they're an absolute rock star, and you kind of want to keep them because they're better than the person that's off on the matter pat leave. What do you do? 
Well, you can't keep them at the expense of not hiring the person that's on a parental leave. That you cannot do. Illegal. Doesn't matter if they are a rock star. Now, if you can find a way to keep both without changing the job for the person that's on parental leave, that's great. That's a win-win for everyone. Amazing. But you cannot say, well, you know, this person is better. Again, it's illegal to do it that way, and there'll be some significant repercussions. The only time that an employer would not have to bring back an employee from parental leave is if they can show that legitimately that job doesn't exist. Not that because we gave it to someone else, not because we're, uh, you know, we, we want someone else to do it. it. It just doesn't happen. For example, if the department you worked in shut down completely, and everyone was let go. Okay, well, you can be in the same boat as everyone else. Fine. Right. But beyond that, no, an employer has to keep the job. And if they like someone better, you know, it's it's tough luck, as they say. You still have to bring back the person from parental leave. We're going through these, the rules of thumb that every employee must know. If something has you a scratch in your head, uh, call us, ask us. That's why we're here, 604-280-9898. Number one is this. If you accept a change to the terms of your employment, then you've accepted a change to the terms of your employment, <laughs> right? Well, aren't I smart? So yeah. uh, if you accept a change, you've accepted a change. Wow, Lee, right. you're, you're, you're just a genius. You're brilliant. Yeah. Well, th- there's a bit more to it than that. So here's yeah. what I mean by that is if you accept a change, then you've now agreed to that change. That change now becomes your new reality. And this is true always, but it's especially true now during COVID-19 where people may be brought back to work on different terms. Maybe different pay, maybe different hours, uh, different position, uh, part-time instead of full-time, etc. Now, you may think, well, it's COVID-related, so I'll accept it, and you know, hopefully things will go back to normal. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. If you agree and accept this type of a change, you're now stuck in it. And if you're never going back to the way you were, if your employer never ch- changes things back to normal, there's nothing you can do because you accepted it. So it's very important that that change can become your reality and it actually gets worse. If you accept that change, you've given the company the right to make even more changes. And when they do that, the second, the third, the fifth time, you won't be able to do anything about it. So that's one option. The second option is if you are facing changes to the terms of employment, is you are able to say no. You are able to refuse and if your employer still goes ahead, and implements those changes, that could be a constructive dismissal. Your employer does not have the right to unilaterally make significant changes to the terms of your employment. They can't just reduce your pay. They can't just make you part-time or uh, demote you. And if they do that, you have the right to say, that's a termination. I get severance. And that's in some situations, that's better than accepting because now you're not stuck in a new role forever or less pay forever. And because now you haven't given the company the right to do it again and again, I'll give you the classic example. You, you're, you're making $50,000. The company says, we'll bring you back, but we're only going to be able to pay you 40000 You think, okay, well, hopefully that's temporary and they'll bump me back to fifty soon enough. Well, okay, by accepting it and continuing to work, now if they never bring you back up to fifty, they don't have to because you've accepted it. Right. But you also have given them the right to change it again. So when they reduce it from 40 to 30 and 30 to 20 and 20 to 10, you won't be able to do anything about it because you allowed it to happen that first time. Yeah. So you probably are better off, especially when it comes to changes to your compensation, to think about constructive dismissal. 
to think about, do I want to create this precedent that my company can change my pay, change my job? Uh, so that's why I say, if you accept a change to the terms of employment, it's a big deal. So don't just accept it without realizing what you may be giving up. And if you're not sure, if you're not sure if it is a constructive dismissal, as I say, just call me and let's talk about it. Yeah, we always tell uh, tell you to reach out to Lior, a member of his team, and get some answers before you make uh, what could literally be a life-changing mistake. That's 604-283-3123 or help at employmentlawyer.ca. But right here, right now, as we continue on at 440, that's 604-280-9898, the number to call in. Rules of thumb that every employee must know. This one may not have been at the top of our list at any time except in the last six months during the pandemic, and that is temporary layoffs are illegal. Yes, I said illegal. Exactly. And they're not illegal just during COVID, but most people haven't had to experience a temporary layoff, but up until now, up until COVID happened. And it's strange, I'm sure, for some people to hear me say that they're illegal when Virtually everyone you know probably has been affected by a temporary layoff, at least recently. So let's make it very clear. An employer in a non-union workplace does not have the right to lay you off temporarily. So if they do, then that gives you the choice, if you want, to treat it as a termination of your employment because your employer is doing something illegal. They're doing something that they're not allowed to do. You don't have to, obviously. You can accept the layoff and kind of see what happens, but you also have the option to treat that as a termination and get your severance. So that's true for, even if it's COVID related, even if the company is not acting in bad faith or acting in good faith, that's still a right that you have. And for many people that may make sense, because you need that severance, you need that compensation as, you know, EI or CERB may not be enough to live off of, right? So we need that 6, 12, 24 potentially months of pay so that we can pay our bills, pay our mortgage. So you remember, a temporary layoff for most people is illegal, is something that gives you the right to treat it as a termination and get your severance. We'll get this last one in here before we take a quick break, and that is the rules of thumb that every employee must know. You don't have to accept an abusive work environment. No way. No way. One of the most fundamental rights that every employee has is to work in a healthy and a supportive work environment. That's true always now, in the past, and it's always going to be true. That's a fundamental right that you have, and it's your employer's obligation to make that happen, to protect you and to deal with any workplace issues, okay? So because you have that right, you have a right also to stand up for that right if something happens. If you're now facing harassment, mistreated, mistreatment, sorry, if you're finding yourself to be working in a a toxic work environment, you can and you should do something about it. You should tell your employer because the moment you tell your employer, now it becomes their obligation to deal with it. They have to investigate. They have to take all available measures to fix that problem and to make the work environment proper again. So don't just assume, please, that, well, it is the way it is or I can't do anything about it, so I'm just going to leave or I'm just going to you know, suck it up. No, you, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't have to suck it up. You should always stand up for your rights. And remember that if you've tried to speak to your employer, they didn't do anything about it. They didn't take it seriously. They didn't investigate or fix the problem. I can get involved and get you out of there with compensation. Everyone, and I do mean everyone, has a right to work in a healthy and positive work environment. 
We'll take a short one, as mentioned, and bounce over to some emails, as promised. I know you've been sending them in. We'll get to them. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. you still got time to make the phone call live here on the show as we continue. 604-280-9898 and always, always pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll come in right back with more your emails and calls here at 444. It is Employment Law Show. And we're back. It is uh, 446. And welcome to the show. Still got a few minutes. You want to get a call in now would be the time. 604-280-9898. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. In that regard, Kyle is first up. Kyle, thanks for uh, thanks for emailing. Says, guys, uh, is eight months of severance enough for a 60-year-old salesperson with 15 years of service? Eight months severance, 60 years old, 15 years of service. <laughs> No, uh, Kyle, it, it's not enough. Remember, the, the factors here are your age, your position, and the length of your employment. So the longer you work and the older you are and the more senior a position you have, the more is owed to you. Now, certainly you're, you're in, a, in a category that you, you've been there for a while and you know, in, at the age of 60, it's considered to be a situation where it may take you longer to find another job than, let's say, if you were 40. So because of that, your severance would probably be here anywhere from 16 to 18 months pay. So if you've been offered eight months, that's you know anywhere from a third to a half of what you're actually owed. So that's not even close. Uh, that, that is a wrongful dismissal. Remember, a wrongful dismissal, as I said before on the show, is simply a situation where you've been let go and offered a lot less than what you're owed. So Kyle, no, this is a wrongful dismissal. You're owed easily double, maybe a bit more even than that, uh, than eight months. Give me a call. Please, please do not sign off on that letter. If you do, you'll find out uh, that you're stuck. Don't let that happen. Uh, good news is we should be able to resolve it pretty quickly. Kyle, you got the uh, email address uh, already. Obviously, here's the phone number to reach out, 604-283-3123. Daniela is up next. Daniela says, Lior, I work at a chiropractor office, and a new doctor is about to buy the practice. The doctor I'm working for has said to all the employees that if we don't go work for the new doctor, then we resign. Is that correct? No, it's absolutely not correct. No. You, you never are considered to have resigned if you don't continue working in a, in a sale of a, a business situation, with, if you don't continue working with the buyer. So here's the thing. Uh, in, in terms of what the law does for you, if you ultimately choose not to go to work with a buyer, that is still a termination, and, and the company that's selling the business has to pay you severance. But there's a, a, a little trick here you have to be aware of is this. If you have a good reason as to why you're not going back, uh, going to work with the buyer, maybe they've offered you less money or different hours or at a, to work at a different location. So if you have a good reason not to go work with the buyer, then the company selling the business has to pay you your full severance, and that could be as much as 24 months' pay. So that's easy. Now, if you don't have a good reason, maybe it's the same job, same pay, but you know what? I don't really want to continue working there. I'm just going to go find another job. That's okay. You can still go. Uh, you would still get severance, but it's not going to be your full entitlements. It's going to be your minimum entitlements, which is a week per year of service. So, so you won't get your full entitlements, but either way, it's not a resignation. So remember, if your business is sold, Daniela, if you don't uh, want to go back to work for the, uh, for the buyer, that's okay. Uh, you can get severance, and depending on the reason why you're not going to continue working, we'll know whether you get your full severance or just your minimum severance. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email address, the website you want to go to anytime for tons of information. Absolutely free, of course. Pocket Employment Lawyer. 
Dotca. Billy up next says, uh, I'm on a sick leave and my employer is asking me to get a note from my doctor explaining exactly what my medical condition is, Lior. Can they do that? You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I actually see this. I saw at least three of these situations this past week alone where a company says, well, we need to know what the condition is. We need to be able to decide whether we agree with what your doctor says, or maybe we need to decide uh, you know, whether your doctor knows what he or she is talking about. No, no, it doesn't work that way. It's a, that's a personal issue. That's a private issue. You do have a right to privacy, and whether you're suffering from uh, insomnia or you're suffering from depression or you're suffering, suffering from a, a bad hip, it does not matter. What matters is whether you can work. What matters is whether your doctor gave you a note saying you need to be off work. So if you're, you have that doctor's note that says, uh, Billy is my patient and Billy cannot work, that's it. Full stop. That's all that's needed. Uh, your employer can say, well, now we need to know why. How do we know that this is true? It doesn't matter if you know if it's true. If that's what the doctor says, that's all that matters. Now, an employer can ask a few other questions. They can ask, well, how long do you expect Billy to be off work? Or is there something that we can do right now to accommodate Billy so that he can come back to work now? Uh, or, you know, when will you be able to give us an update, uh, doctor? Those are legitimate questions. Those go to the prognosis. Your employer cannot demand that you give qu- uh, answers to diagnosis, what your condition is, what kind of doctor you're seeing, uh, if you're getting a medication, uh, if you're following your treatment. All those things are things that are personal, they're private, and it's frankly none of the employer's business. So just as an aside, if you have an employer who's maybe a little pushy and doing that either through uh, you know written notification or, or, or verbally calling you to the office, I mean, how do you handle that? What do you say? Because a lot of employees are going to be sheepish, right? They're going to say, okay, I, I might try to just say, no, I'm not giving it to you. Like, how do you handle that? Yeah, it's true. It is potentially uncomfortable. I think you would simply yeah. tell your employer, employer, listen, I, I'm not able to work. Uh, if you have questions uh, about you know, when I could work or my limitations, by all means, ask them. But my, my condition is a private one, and I want to maintain my privacy and, and, and keep it that way. Uh, and ultimately, if your employer still pushes, potentially a, a letter from me may get them off your back completely when they realize, yeah, holy cow, we, we've overreached here. If your employer is insisting and threatening you, that is potentially a human rights violation. It's illegal. They shouldn't do that. So you should never be afraid to stand up for your rights, especially now when it comes to your privacy. Again, you want to reach out when the show's not here, a little bashful, want to have a private conversation with Lior or a member of his uh, very capable team. That's really simple. 604-283-3123. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. George is uh, short and sweet, says, uh, Lior, my employer has cut my hours by 30%. What do I do? Well, I'm assuming also that if they cut his hours by 30%, they probably also cut his pay by 30%. Otherwise, he'd be a lucky guy. Uh, so if, if your employer cuts your pay, cuts your hours by this much, George, that's a constructive dismissal. It's always going to be a constructive dismissal, which such, such a big change. So the choice that you're facing right now is do you accept this and continue working? And that now becomes your new reality potentially forever. Or do you treat that as a constructive dismissal? A 30% cut in pay is always going to be a constructive dismissal. And my concern, of course, George, if, if you accept this and continue working, you, you would have given the company the right to do it again. 
and then a month later when they reduce it by another 30%, you won't be able to do anything about it. So it's a constructive dismissal, you're owed severance. Uh, and by the way, we talk about constructive dismissal. One way to easily find out if your situation is a constructive dismissal, very simple, just go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We have a constructive dismissal tool there that allows you to answer a few questions, again, anonymously, and to find out if it is a constructive dismissal. It's like having your lawyer with you. That's why we call it the pocket employment lawyer. But for you, George, yeah, that's a constructive dismissal. You're owed severance. And if you want me to, I'd be more than happy to help you get it. Email here from another Bill. And Bill says, I just received notice that our office will be shutting down in 12 months, so a year from now. I want to leave uh, and take another job. Can I get severance? Uh, no. Uh, and that is a, a very common question that I get is, you know, if I've received notice, I know that the end is in sight. They told me they're letting me go, so why do I stick around? And, and you don't have to. Obviously, you can always quit. But if you do resign, if you do quit, you give up on your severance. And here's what I mean by that. At the end of the 12 months, you actually may be owed severance, depending on how much notice you've gotten and how long you've worked for the company. And if you leave in the meantime, you won't get that severance. So always something you have to decide it starts with determining whether in fact you are owed severance because if you're not owed severance at the end of the 12 months it may not matter you may as well just leave now take another job but potentially you could be owed another year's pay and if you walk away from that that may be something that you're not going to want to do so as, as a general rule of thumb if the company gives you advance notice of the termination of your employment and you choose to leave before that last day you would have resigned and give up on any severance. So before you do that, let's have a chat. Let's make sure you understand what you could potentially be giving up, and then you can make your decision. And we'll leave it there for, uh, for there for another week. I'm going to give you some contact points to reach out to Lior and the team if you want to uh, carry on uh, tomorrow, say Monday, and make that phone call, private conversation, no problem. 604-283-3123 is the phone number. Email address we use all the time is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And always the website you consult for all matters when it comes to employment law, your rights, even a little bit there on disability because there's a lot of crossover between the two. That would be pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's free, it's anonymous, but you can have contact through the website as well. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show, this is CKNW.